Hello again, and I'm so glad you joined me for this fun conversation I had with Tiffany Nguyen, fellow podcaster, creator of Return to Calm, avid meditator, practitioner of EFT tapping, mompreneur, and interior designer. So this week I got to go down one of my favorite topics, discussing interior design and how to optimize your home space. And so we really dig into how you can go about creating your own healing home sanctuary, whether that's just a few updates to your home office space or talking about renovations. We explore it all and I hope you enjoy our conversation. I would also love to give you a little heads up on some exciting things that are coming down the line as we step into 2021. So be sure you visit our website, happifiedlife.com, to be up to speed on all the breaking developments as I roll out a brand new opportunity to join the community as a member of Velocity, where we make it easier to integrate healthier habits and up-level your lifestyle to support your maximum resilience. So go ahead and check that out on happifiedlife.com and other updates as they become available will always show up there on the page. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Tiffany, for joining me. I am so excited to return the favor. I had such a great time being your guest on your podcast. What's the name of your podcast for our audience? Return to Calm. That's beautiful. And that's your handle on Facebook and Instagram too. You've got such wonderful things sharing. So everyone can, after you fall in love with Tiffany today, follow her at Return to Calm on all the social channels and podcasts. Tiffany Nguyen is a wife, mother, and interior designer and podcaster. As a survivor of a toxic relationship and conscious in raising strong children of integrity, she's committed to sharing her journey and tools in her podcast, Return to Calm, and her book, Discovering the Treasures Within. She found her healing and calm through spiritual practices, through journaling, yoga, meditation, and EFT tapping. She then ultimately found her true inner self and treasures she had lost along the way on her spiritual journey. Her goal is to bring you inspiration and a guide through her story and tools to inner peace. As a parent, she wants you to know you are not alone in this, and we can enjoy life to its fullest and raise and inspire a conscious generation to build our world up, not tear it down. So I think it's easy to see why I'm so excited to have this conversation because we could go down so many different rabbit holes, so many different topics of conversation. I am passionate about the support that people can find through EFT tapping. I'm a shop girl. I love to share tools from the toolkit that people can use to help heal and restore themselves. And so that's one of the amazing tools. And I have been able to do an interview on that. So we won't go there today, but perhaps another day. But I'm excited, Tiffany. Thanks for uh, agreeing to chat with us a little about a little bit about creating a healing home sanctuary. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to share all of my wealth of knowledge in the design realm, but more importantly, not just the aesthetics of it. It's more so about, like you said, creating that sanctuary. 
Yeah, I really love that concept. And when I was looking over your website, I saw that you use that as well. And that's something that I just think that when you think of it that way, you know, sometimes we get a little matter of fact about our home space, you know, there's so much that demands our time and attention and energy, that upgrading or paying attention to how we feel in our home might not stay front of mind, but it's so important. I mean, it's, it's where you reboot, it's where you feel safe. We still even though we've evolved so much, we still have that primal instinct of like needing that, like, I have a space that I don't have to worry about fighting or flighting. And that's what our home is. And if you have a lot of things or it's in disarray or it just is feeling the energy is feeling off, it's important to get those things cleared out, aligned, you know, rearranged, working with the energy in your home. So you are feeling like the most peaceful as possible. Yes. And so in your work, um, well, first of all, let me start at the beginning because I love to just dive into the middle. So before I get too far ahead of <laughs> ourselves. The same thing. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get started in the world of design? Is that the first thing that you felt drawn to do? You know, I had zero guidance and or I just was kind of not at all thinking about what I was going to do after high school. I kind of was over high school and I just wanted to just be. And I understand now why um, knowing more about myself. It was just like such a grind. There was so much to do. I was in all these AP classes and I wasn't really sure for what other than I was just supposed to be because I was supposed to please everyone. I was supposed to get straight A's. And so I actually um, led worship and was very musically inclined back in high school. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go to school for music. And I was there at a private Christian school in California for like two weeks before school even started because the choir got to school before school started. And two weeks, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I don't see myself doing this in the future. What am I going to do? Be a piano teacher? Like I couldn't envision like, what am I going to do with this? And it just didn't feel aligned. And then I looked around my dorm room, which I was all by myself, which was amazing. My roommates hadn't arrived yet. And I had decorated it. I had always fresh flowers and vases. And I was like, well, maybe I should look into interior design. I've, this is what I've been naturally doing. So I went to Interior Designers Institute for just a certificate class to try it out and see if I liked it. And I loved it so much. And it came so naturally to me. So I just kept on going through and I got my associates, then I got my bachelor's and I started work in the middle of getting my bachelor's. And I've just been doing it ever since. There's always been some part of me even after stopping to work for a corporate company in designing, I then was just so drawn to doing it on my own and starting my own business. So, Oh, that's terrific. It's just natural. And my parents are always like, you just are such a natural at it. Like you just need to do it. Every time I feel like I need to kind of quit, they're like, well, just give it time. <laughs> they're always <laughs> like, I'm so happy you're doing it. You're so good at it. I'm like, I know it is kind of like breathing for me. And I think that's why I'm like, I need another challenge. That's why I always kind of find myself getting distracted and trying on new things. But well, and you have a lot on your plate. You were raising two children. Yes. 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 And my hat is off to all of the parents. I always tell people I'm, I'm an auntie several times over and um, I love it. I'm a stepmother and my beautiful stepdaughter was grown when I arrived on the scene. So I can't claim any credit to her fabulous self, although I'm so blessed to have her part of our family. 
And now she's married too. So my friends give me a hard time. Maybe I get to fast forward to the grandparenting stage. We'll see what's in the future. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know how you do it all with grace and balance. And maybe that's why people love to say balance is an illusion. I'm working to find a way to make it not a myth. We can find a way to make it a reality. But parenting is its own special kind of grace. And my hat is off to all of the parents, especially right now with everything that we're juggling. Yeah. And I was just talking to a friend a few months ago and she's like, how do you tackle all of it? Having your own business as well as all this marketing and social media of your business and then your kids and home. And I just always go back to, you just have to be present in every moment and not worry about what needs to get done in an hour. Like maybe set a timer on your phone so you don't have to worry about what's going to come next and be present, you know, do lightning speed. Like that short time will feel like forever or really fast or really aligned. It just depends on your focus. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Just being present in what you're doing and not always that mental list of what else is waiting around the corner, right? When we are in this moment where we have the most power rather than worrying about how far through the rest of our list we're going to be able to get. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to, you want to make the most of these special moments, you know, because time does fly by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a five and six year old. So I always am continually reminding myself just, okay, like just breathe sit and color with them. And then they will leave. Like they always transition. If I like force myself to sit and be present and then they'll be like, okay, we're done. We're going to go jump on the trampoline now. And then I can go off and do whatever's pressing in my head to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a big advocate of play. I think it's so important to get at least 15 minutes in every day of play, just to release and relax and give space for that curiosity. Problem solving just percolates and does its own solutions while you're playing. So how perfect that built in opportunity. I love doing crafts with them. I love, they always ask me to go jump on the trampoline with them. So I love jumping on the trampoline and yeah, it's just fun. Like you said, if your kids ask you to play, take that as an invitation to really enjoy it. Like you say, it's really, really great therapy for yourself because we're always working constantly as adults. Yes. Yeah. More and more and more. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) especially when work is at home. Like, how do you separate your zones and your energies? Exactly, exactly. That's where I was going to go. So do you have any tips for people who have, if they weren't working at home beforehand, or, you know, things have just kind of come together ad hoc, they're working on the dining room table or in the living room. Do you have any tips on making a little more peaceful homework space? Absolutely. So number one, just like what they told us when our kids started school, make a space dedicated for yourself and your work and then set it up to where it really is your office and um, decorate it however feels good to you. When this whole thing started with the stay home, I already had a desk. I rearranged my office. I put up this mural behind me. It was like no big deal. It's not real wood. It's just a beautiful tapestry. And I got the moons because I love the moons. And I just made this space special and I wanted to be in here and it didn't feel like a grind. Yes, I love that. The quick transformation of a wall tapestry. I think it's, it might be design lily, but in my first massage space, that was really my solution. I got a really reasonably priced, beautiful, like full wall size print of a a beautiful lagoon. So you can do textures like brick walls or wood panel, or you can, you know, really let your creativity go. A beautiful mandala, create a little Zen space that you're looking at behind your computer monitor. So you can just have a little bit of calm, really powerful. Absolutely. 
And just make sure you have things organized, you know, as best as you can. Of course, piles of papers appear. So have a certain scheduled day as well to get those papers organized into certain spaces because the more piles you have, the more kind of depends on every person. I guess it doesn't bother everyone, but it does in a sense kind of feel like the walls are closing in if you don't kind of get order of your piles. So I'd say that's another good one. It's kind of like a subconscious anxiety starts to build. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I find that to be true. Definitely. I, I'm a visual um, list maker. So the piles start to add up. And I had a podcast interview with Mel Robertson. Now she's married. Mel Mason is her name now. And she just released a book on breaking free of clutter. And she does tremendous work. And she really brings out that whole realization. You know, it's so true. It's been said for thousands of years as within, so without. And so when you make a little time with some meditation, taking even just one to two minutes to just focus and get centered, it's easier to keep those piles from building up. When you think you don't have time to just get yourself together for two minutes, boy, those piles just add up so much faster in my own experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can get like really pretty boxes. You can get pretty magazine holders. You know, the container space is great for that. Even Target has some great stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, the trash can is always great for most papers. Truly. (laughs) You know, most of the things we don't really need. And you could (laughs) even have a trick like, I can't throw this away. What if I need this? Maybe make a voice memo on your phone of that note and then you can throw it away. Exactly. I was working on a new presentation last night and I do. I tend to have a Word document over here and a Google document over here. And I just sat down, I read it into a voice memo for time, and then I set it up in front of the Word document and let it transcribe the whole thing for me. Boom. So cool. (laughs) While I was folding laundry. So (laughs) the great tools that we have available to us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that idea too, of just getting some containers and using things that you enjoy working with, right? Treating yourself a little bit. So you enjoy the space where we spend hours of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. What are some other tips that you have throughout the house for kind of fostering that same sort of peace and calm so that we feel restored when we're in our home? Mm-hmm. The, the other one I really love is creating a space. You just mentioned meditation f- dedicated for meditation. So an actual space that you habitually go to every day. It could be like an altar or a cabinet with whatever your favorite things are. I have something where I have a you know, beautiful Buddha statue. I have pictures of uh, monks and a waterfall above it. And then I have two pictures of my husband's ancestors and of my ancestors. So it's kind of like my ancestral shrine, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then I have a place where I can burn my incense or light a candle and I say a prayer every day. And it could be in a multi-task room and that's like your corner. And then maybe you do yoga in that room or you sit and you do a meditation. But if you have a dedicated space and if you want to know exactly the ideal space for your home, it's the middle right or the bottom left of your entry. So if you're looking at your house on a just a bird's eye view and your front door is here in the bottom middle, it's not always going to be in the middle. That's why there's two optimals. If it's in the middle, your base just to, if you're looking at your front door to the left, like let's say maybe it's an office space or something, that's the most ideal to harness the energies of contemplation and deep thought, or it's the middle right. If let's say your front door is on the left of your house, then it would be the middle right uh, space of your house. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. 
What are some other tips that you find are pretty easy for people to come back to, to bring a little bit of that feng shui balance? But um, what are some general tips that you find help people just feel more at ease with feng shui? Um, it's really more so about the placement of like your furnishings in your space. Because once your house is established, you can't really help that unless you're building from ground up, which is very rare. So finding things like, let's say in your bedroom, you don't want your bed to be you facing your entry door. Like that's real creepy. I mean, it's creepy in just one whole thing, but then it's also just not good feng shui. So you kind of want to have it not be right near the door. The other thing is flow, just in general, the flow of energy. So at your entry door, you don't want a mirror. You want to have some type of artwork or something because once your door opens, then the energy bounces against the mirror and then bounces back out. And that's really bad energy. Having different flows of like different colors is also something that helps with the energy in the space with feng shui. So for in the dining room, actually orange is kind of a weird color, but I, ideally the feng shui, that orange is actually the color of prosperity, of abundance of food. So they like orange. And, you know, green and red is a more palatable color, you know, for the eye. And each color you pick, you know, you want to have it obviously not be a primary color, which is for obvious reasons. Um, you want it to have some complexity and depth. So most of the time I pick out colors that have a, a gray undertone to them and it, it creates a very zen and calming palette with that gray undertone. Not, not a cool gray, but a warm gray. Yeah, I was kind of feeling that kind of an earthy kind of a way that they all come together. Yeah, and the Sherwin-Williams 2021 color palette has some really gorgeous colors but they all have that warm gray undertone. They're beautiful. Ooh, so this is a great year to go pick out some new colors. Yeah, it really is. Exciting. It's, it's not all white and beige and gray. Like they have some really inspiring colors. <laughs> cool. Since we're spending all this quality time at home, at least for the next couple of months. Yeah. yeah. And painting actually is the easiest way to completely transform a space. It's so powerful. It really is. And you know, everyone has different tastes and it depends on, like you say, it's great to have color in the room. Right now we have rugs that have a really graphic print. We just took out carpeting, painted the cement and brought in some area rugs which is great, but we already had a lot of patterns. So now we need to kind of calm down the other color so that we don't have so much friction. <laughs> mm, yes, you got to balance your patterns. And yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you probably want some more like bigger grid type patterns, you know, big scale patterns with your small scale patterns. Yeah. And solids are great too. So let's say you have something really bold, like your carpets you're mentioning. Maybe everything else is pretty much somewhat a solid, but you're, you mix textures, like a really luscious throw blanket with like some chenille, you know, pillow covers or even mixed with like a linen pillow cover. Yeah, that could be really pretty, depending on what your style is. I'm even envisioning like the African mud cloth, you know, all those things, all those textures. Yeah, I think that's something we don't always think about is the texture of things in our homes. And, you know, when we shop online, it can look good in photos, but then it comes and it might be synthetic or, you know, somehow mm. disappointing. So it's really nice when you can really kind of explore, read reviews. 
I have found when you shop online because people are very honest. This carpet has no kind of density to it. This carpet wears well with traffic over six months. I mean, we love to post reviews. So, you know, get people's feedback because those pictures are staged. So things look great online and then it arrives in your home. And it's like, well, that doesn't really make me feel the way I thought it would. Right. Yeah. Avoid <laughs> uh, materials. You can look at the, the details and the materials of something if it's a fabric. Avoid polyester. Avoid rayon. I mean, if you're going to do those just look really dollar store pillowy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and and part of what I loved in my brief foray, as, as I was explaining before we came on the air, I studied residential design and I really loved kitchen and bath. I love the fixtures and the products that were coming out, the safer products like paper stone counters and recycled glass tile. And oh my gosh, it's, I was like a kid in a candy store. So I'm really passionate about people recognizing that, just like we're saying, I mean, we get in this frame of mind where we want to shop a deal because it can be very expensive if we're updating a lot of things at the same time or doing a renovation. And we have to recognize that we need to choose surfaces that are healthier in our homes because vinyl flooring tends to off gas mm. for a pretty significant period of time. And sometimes these new sofas and things come with flame retardants, you know, or those synthetic foam, you know, it, it off gases. And if we don't have good air circulation in our homes, then that can really become a problem. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the kitchen and bath. I didn't get to mention earlier, my husband is um, a kitchen and bathroom remodel manager. So we tag team and, um, you know, our, our customers can get the wholesale prices because I have my, designer, you know, sellers. And yeah, it's, it's quite amazing that all those products, yeah, the off-gassing and everything is just uh, too much. It's a lot. I, I honestly, yeah. like, I kind yeah. of started on a quest a few months ago. I was like, where can I find a company who doesn't use all these things? Because honestly, I think they all do. You know, when I was in Seattle, there was a terrific showroom that featured more green building supplies. And I haven't found one like that down here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. Initially, when I moved down, it was after I had studied design and I thought I would get into project management or something on the back end yeah. because I didn't feel like sales was really my jam. Yeah. But I love, like I said, putting things together. And I haven't come across something like that here. I think it would be tremendous. I think that the market is is definitely more than ready for it. Yeah. And one of the things that I tell people when I'm talking about environmental toxins, because these are the little things that sneak in that we don't realize are taking up our capacity, you know, to be resilient, these little stressors that add mm -hmm. up, is that the EPA recognizes that indoor air quality is one of the primary health concerns. So the more we can pay attention to not bringing toxic things into our home, the less we have to worry about trying to clean the air with filters and everything else. Absolutely. So proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, absolutely. And they have, um, you know, the whole lead certified ability to be that too. But it really, even if you're lead certified, it just comes down to like, okay, well, show me the products that actually that pass that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's going to be, I, there has been, I mean, when I was studying it, 15 years ago, <laughs> before my most recent reincarnation, um, bamboo was the big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because hemp hadn't really gotten the green light again. But now that agricultural hemp is clear, I think that's a tremendous opportunity for sheet stock, for textiles, for so many different things. So I'm excited to see what starts to come out of that. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. And when you were talking about materials, uh, bamboo popped in my head. I mean, everyone loves the wood embossed tile, which is great for the forests because it's not real wood. 
It is your, it's just a tile. And it, the way the technology now and so much, it looks, other than the feel underneath your feet, it looks very much like wood. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people are using that. You're talking about the ceramic. The ceramic tiles that are wood embossed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, I love those because I hate, it like is such my pet peeve. You know, the great rooms, so much of California homes have the great rooms. So it's like the kitchen is one hard material that's not wood. And then the wood is in the family room and dining room. And oh, like this is so not zen. <laughs> just let the whole flooring be the same, please. And in my designer head, I'm like, just let it all be wood. <laughs> what are the chances there's going to be a water leak? And everyone's like, um, I'm not paying twice for my flooring. So they always go for the safer option. So that's why the wood embossed is so perfect. You can have the look of the wood all throughout and it's, it's safe. Yeah. Super durable. <laughs> and it's great for the environment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Zero off-gassing. It's beautiful. And if you're worried about it feeling cold underfoot, get the radiant floors and save on the home heating costs, right? Yeah. Or wear We've slippers. We've got solutions. <laughs> wear slippers, wear your house shoes and don't wear your outdoor shoes inside. Yes. <laughs> I aspire to be a shoes off home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My husband works from home outside and so he's in and out all day long. And so yeah, it's a little tricky. We'll grow up into that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, it's hard to keep them in line. No, I definitely run my house like like a we are in shoes off home. It's huge. And I think people became aware of it too earlier in this year when we started being mindful of everything we walk through, right? We don't want to bring any germs into our home. Right. We do all the time. And think about the parking lots we walk through, what may be on the floor in our garage, what have you. If you've been on the fence about keeping your shoes off in your house, mm -hmm. even though I can't live the life, I'm, I'm an advocate. I think it's a huge improvement. It is. <laughs> And in Canada, they think that we're all animals that we would even consider wearing shoes inside the house. Because when you've got weather, everybody's trained to leave their shoes at the door. So. Oh, yeah, the intense weather. <laughs> it's true. When you got snow, when you got mud and water, that's the obvious. They have actual mud rooms. They're like, okay, we keep our shoes in the mud room. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. um, are there any other tips that you think people fail to consider or might find surprising in terms of upgrading their home space? things that they can do on their own or call in a designer? Um, yeah, when you had mentioned earlier about not skimping or wanting to shop home improvements, I was going to just mention that when you remodel your kitchen or a bath, as you probably know, the resale of your home value increases. And what you get back from your investment is like 90%. I think it's 80% for kitchens and or. I'm going to get these numbers mixed up, but there's an actual survey from the real estate board. Um, very high percentage of how much money you put into your remodel, you will get back on the resale of your home. And so I would just advise don't skimp on the materials and don't skimp on the labor because you're going to pay double or maybe triple if you skimp on the labor because it might be someone who didn't prep the surfaces correct, who didn't follow through, who didn't slope something properly. And it just is a nightmare. You know, the grout and the tiles will start to chip away after, let's say maybe seven years, something like that. So it's just really important. And it's, it's something that you don't do it every day. It's not like you can buy a new pillow. So <laughs> right. invest in your home. It's just like the energy you put into yourself, like invest in yourself and you will get that back. You know, giving to others, you will receive that back. It's the same thing. 
Yeah, that's a really, really great bit of insight and information because I think people get a big sticker shock when it's the kitchen and the bath in particular because it's generally a pretty intensive project. Yeah. But the payoff in having it done right, because it should certainly last more than seven years, right? <laughs> so It should last until you want to blow it up again. <laughs> any, any of those wet surfaces you have to be really mindful of. And what kind of went on a tangent when you were talking about making sure things are sloped right, you know, more bathrooms are embracing that zero threshold shower and that sort of thing, which then leads me to think about accessible design. And when I was working as a move manager for seniors, I became aware of that whole mindset of if you're going to make improvements to your home, or if you feel like you're going to age in place in your home, or if you just want to make more of the resale value, anytime you're updating anything in your home, have a mind to that of accessibility because anything can happen. I can be 44 and break my leg and be in a wheelchair for a month or two. Can I get through the doorway to my bedroom, right? Can I roll into the bathroom? You know, you can make decorative handrails if you've got a step, a little level change in your home, you can make a decorative handrail that's weight bearing so that it can actually prevent somebody's fall. So little things like that too, are a, a really good reason to work with a designer who's got an eye for this and got the training and recognizes the value of it. But just never underestimate, like you're saying, the resale value of a kitchen and bath done right, of thinking about how you can plan ahead. Mm -hmm. If you get to stay in your beautiful home for as long as you dream of, I worked with people who'd been in their home for 40 and 50 years, or even just like I was saying in that resale value, you know, it's great potential and a great reason to invest in things that are really worth it. Yeah. And people are really loving either they, they change out something to a California bath, which is a shower attached to a, a bathtub or a party shower. It's kind of 50-50 depending on the, the preference. And the party shower is literally you just blow out the, ba the bath and the shower and you make just one big shower with two nozzles. And that does actually, when they're bigger like that, that lends you for the slope and it lends you for the accessibility. Much easier. Yes. And you get great comments from the friends when you come over and show them your new bathroom and they're like, you can have a party in the yeah. shower. Like They're so <laughs> impressed. <We could>. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, check and out the therapy <laughs> lighting that we installed as well. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we can do all of our chakra Ooh, colors. And then have a hot sauna. And then we have uh, a hot sauna in the closet over here. <laughs> this is my ideal home. <laughs> Just let those ideas start flowing. Yes. I love it. Terrific, Tiffany. Thank you for joining me today. This has yeah. been a really fun conversation. And I'm sure we will reconvene to talk more things about bringing more zen and balance into life with all of these amazing tools to get centered and calm. I enjoyed this little expedition and exploration today. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.